Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I am your host, Jake Counts, coming to you live here from Atlanta, Georgia, in the fight for liberty worldwide. It is 10 o'clock in the a.m. on Saturday morning. Thank you for joining us, kind of moving the show around every once in a while, just to see how many different people I can reach. And we're reaching a lot of people, growing about 20% per week, so that's really good. So, Evidently, the um, the words of liberty, truth, and and freedom are are pretty popular. And um, what we're going to get into today is um, I have a bunch of clips from a Ron Paul interview where he breaks down why um, basically what he talked about in an article the other day how it's just um, it's just a sign of the times that Barack Obama gets reelected. But um, it's also um, a good sign in a couple different variants in the fact that. Uh, a lot of the Republican voters didn't show up, and for those of you that are that are mainline Republicans out there, um, that's actually a good thing. And there's a reason that it's a good thing. It's it's now that it shows that there are a lot of people that don't trust the system, and rightfully slow. I mean, the system is the black box voting machines or whatever they're called. The little the voter registration machines have have been proven fraudulent over and over and over again. And it's funny, I've actually had um, first-hand accounts with with people that actually worked with um one of the software companies <clears throat> and he was a uh, he was an IT guy. He, he basically troubleshot uh, a lot of different um software platforms and he talked about he told me directly and this was at my friend's birthday party that uh yeah, hey, it's a it's a Windows-based uh system that they run and um you can easily hack it. He goes, you can hack it in 10, 15 minutes if you know what you're doing. And he's like, and of course, you know, anybody that knows Windows knows that you can set up, you know, different types of um, different types of scripts or what have you to even if you press one button, it goes ahead and tallies a button for something else. And it does that behind the scenes in the caches and stuff like that. So you'll never see it. But, hey, everything's fine, everyone. And I am very, very disappointed with um on on another note to um for for the people that walk around and and cheer about how great it is that we got President Obama reelected. Guys, when are we gonna wake up to this system? I mean really, when are we gonna wake up to this system? Is it gonna have to get so so bad? that 
is it going to have to get just so bad that we're all just marching on Washington because the country's broke, our, our dollar won't buy anything, and our political leaders sit up there and grandstand about how they're going to change this place? Well, they can't change it. And that's what my Ron Paul clips are all about. He basically talks about how we're too far gone in this system. I mean, it's it's almost a foregone conclusion. The debt ceiling stuff, good luck with this, guys. You think that those completely divided, that completely divided Congress, which, don't get me wrong, that's what Congress was supposed to be about. It was supposed to have gridlock, so you wouldn't just get in there and arbitrarily pass crap all the time. But now we've come to a point where it's so divided on the on the political football scene that um they're going to tow the party line and the republicans are going to tow their party line the democrats are going to tow their party line they're going to grandstand and then they're going to go out and have cocktails afterwards together and talk about man what a great job we did today i mean it's a joke and you know congress is a reflection on the intelligence of the people so hey we get what we get we got a bunch of guys that want to run around and and be entertained all the time and not get involved and not understand any kind of you know, fiscal policies or what printing money does, then, hey, we're going to get a bunch of jokers and shysters in there that are going to rob us and, and, and create unjust laws and stuff. So, hey, we get what we get. As I always say, you know, this is this is on us. The onus is on the people. And we just fell in love with the idea that these guys that are so smart, they got, they're so smart to get elected that they know what they're doing. They can run everything. And my wife said something the other day, which was absolutely incredible. We need to get rid of this term they, especially the liberals and, and, and the conservatives. Guys, get rid of that crap. Quit saying they, they, they. We're all humans. We all live on this planet. We all live in this country. And if we don't figure out how to get rid of this stuff and how to avoid all this infighting, which is pushed on us by the mainstream medias and all the media outlets and and it's just to create infighting and, and division, whether it's racial division, um, political division, what have you. <clears throat> if we don't come to grips with this, we're going to end up in the one world government. It's going to be awesome too because think about it. Look at how much big government has given the American public now over the last 20 years with the, with the Bush neocons and the, and the big government Republicans, which was, was an oxymoron to me, and I was 16 years old, and I knew that was stupid. Wait, I thought the Republicans were for small, limited government. How how come – wow, and then I've come to find out 15 years later that they're both two sides of the same coin. It's we're going to push the military establishment. We're going to push you know, all of, this, all of these big government things because, hey, that's what we're all tied to, and that's what our corporations want. Listen, in the final equation, guys, corporations want fascism. I mean I can't remember if it was Rockefeller that said that competition was a sin. But that's the way they think. That's the way the big corporations think. And you see it now in the United States. It's a slow progression towards the Soviet model of fascism where a few large conglomerates are going to control everything. And that's just the way it is. And there's nothing we can do to stop it. Why? Because there are not enough people engaged at our level, and then they move on to Congress. You know what was crazy? I, I, I'm sitting there looking at um, – I was voting the other day. And uh, as I said, you know, another way to vote for Gary Johnson. I might have brought this up on the last show, but there were like four people running unopposed in in my district. I mean, nobody's going to challenge these people, and so that's where I think the real awakening has to happen. The real awakening has to happen 
from the people that are not affiliated with any party. We need to get away from parties. I mean, I know that it's a, it's a great way to to kind of give um I guess some of your broader topics, you know, put them into a lump sum like abortion and and taxes and 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 size of government and put those into like a little into a little box and then say, well, if you're for these types of things, then you go in this box. And if you're for, you know, these types of things, then you go in this box. I think that that all has to go away. And I don't know if it will go away because there's too much money involved with it. There's too much money involved. There's too many shysters involved. And and the fact that Mitt Romney lost kind of makes me happy in the fact that we're not going to go to war with Iran tomorrow. But eventually, the the financial aspect of things has to be addressed. And it's not even talked about. It is not even talked about. It's talked about in Congress, and they push stuff back and forth. And then they talk about, well, we just have two completely opposing views on how to get rid of this. No, you don't. You freaking idiots. You cut military spending. You cut the, you cut the size of the government, or else we're going to get down to this stupid place where we're not going to be able to do anything, and the entire country is going to collapse. And then you're going to look at us, and you're going to say, well, just give us more power, and we can fix it. And hopefully by that time, when things get so bad… The American public will wake up to the scam that's been run on them for the past hundred years, which is called the private Federal Reserve, and understand that that printing money is unsustainable. I've played this on my show many times where I talk about the doubling time you know everybody everybody understands that oh well you know it's it's three percent inflation per year. well, what does that really mean? You have to understand the doubling time. And what the doubling time is, is that at a consistent rate of 3%, and I'll have to do the actuary myself here during one of these Ron Paul clips, and I think it was something like 12, uh, 12 years or something. But at 3% inflation, remember, inflation is 3% on the money that's in circulation plus whatever money they put in. And then the next year, it's 3% of that money that they have in circulation with the 3% interest on top of that. So let's say that it's um for for sake of argument make it really easy numbers um 100 billion dollars in the in the economy. So after year 1 of 3% interest it's going to be 103 billion dollars. And then it's not going to be 3% interest on top of the 100 million again. It's going to be 3% on the 103 million. And so it swells and then it turns into a graph which looks like a freaking launch ramp if you were going to do some skateboarding tricks. It goes just absolutely straight up. It looks like a quarter pipe. If anybody understands anything about, if anybody understands anything about skateboarding, you probably got that. But that's what it turns into, and that's where we're at. So, what do we do? Well, as soon as as soon as the public can get past this fact that the president has all this power and the president can do all these great things, and we need. The president to step up and take more power. Listen, from FDR on, it's just been power grabs. It has just been power grabs by the presidential executive branch. That's all it is. Executive orders, you name it. So what does that mean for us? Well, in, unless we stand up and we have a voice to the Congress, then then you're going to see – well, Congress is supposed to have the majority of the power. The president is supposed to be the, you know, the $100 million pen. With veto, you know, with a veto option to keep Congress kind of in check too. It's all about checks and balances. But now what you're getting is you're you're starting to see people believe, and that's the key word because perception is reality. 
And that's what Carl Rose said. You know, if we can control your perception, we control reality, which is true to a, a very, very grand extent. So what do you run into, Jake? Well, you run into this this ideal that the executive branch needs to have more power because we need to have somebody responsible. And that's what I see from the public. It's like, well, we need to have some responsibility. You already got responsibility, guys. Congress was responsible for this. And the fact that they can't come together and and, and all this stuff, you know, it, it's political football, guys. Once again, you got two sides of the same coin. It's basically two wolves and a sheep, you know, voting on what's for dinner. They're not going to do anything. They're almost paid to not do anything, unless it's completely draconian and, you know, like taking away our rights and civil liberties, and then everybody's on board. Or if it's for bailing out the big banks, and then everybody's on board again, except for Ron Paul and a few others, Dennis Kucinich, those guys. Because they understand what big government does, and big government does a couple of things. Well, you can either go the way of communist China, huge government, no no civil liberties, nothing. Everybody's got a job, though. Even though you're working in you know Foxcom where they got freaking suicide nets over there and and they have forced abortions for people, you know is that what we want? And that's what globalism brings. And I try to explain that to people: globalism, internationalism, one world government, whatever the heck you want to call it. You can't look at the world as an uh, as one large corporation, which is what these these I, I guess they're called technocrats or these you know these elitists see the world as. Because that's how they think. We don't. They don't think like you and I. They're, they're way beyond thinking like you and I. They look at the world as one large corporation, and they say, "Well, we're going to have a manufacturing facility that'll be. Uh, we'll use China and Vietnam, where they have no labor laws whatsoever. So we'll use those to produce the low price goods. And the low price goods aren't that much low price after you ship it over and everything. But hey, that's not what they're about. They're about turning this whole planet." Into this engine for them, and 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 look at it from a perspective of, well, we can utilize the money and the power of the United States with a military force and the world reserve currency. We can utilize that to go and get everybody on board with this thing. You guys haven't noticed that a lot of these countries that get attacked, and if you do research. A lot of these countries that we attack, it's twofold. It's either somebody that has tried to destroy the petrol dollar, or it's somebody that doesn't have a central bank. First thing they did in Libya, got in there, bombed some stuff, central bank, got to have it. Why? Because they got to get everybody into the system. And this is what I don't understand. Look at what the fractional reserve system has done here in America. 98% of our purchasing power has vanished since this thing has been in since this thing has been in existence, and now they want to institute that worldwide. Gee, I wonder how that's going to work out. You think the middle class is sinking here? You wait till they implement this thing worldwide and bring in the SDR and talk about, well, everything imploded because we didn't have everybody on the same page. So now we're going to get everybody on the same page, and everything's going to be peaches. And a lot of people are going to buy it. A lot of people are going to buy it. It's what's so sick about these people. It's it's like they they pat your back and they give you a hug and then they take a knife out of their pocket and stab you right in the back and smile while they do it. They think it's great. They're, they're very egotistical. They're very self-centered, much like most humans on this planet, especially here in the United States. It's so self-centered. It's ridiculous. 
But that's what we're going to get. We're going to get the one world government by a bunch of technocratic, you know, collectivists. And collectivism isn't a good thing. I mean, it's a great thing in theory. Shoot, communism sounds great in theory. It sounds like utopia, but what happens? You always get a bunch of people in charge that try to grab all the wealth, and then they repress everybody else, and then they build a big military and say, come and try to stop us. And that's it. And that's where we're heading here. Why do you think that Homeland Security is buying 1.4 billion rounds of ammo last year? Three times as much as they've ever bought before. They understand that the economic collapse is imminent. They're not dumb. Shoot. I don't I don't even have a degree in finance and I know that it's going to happen. It's probably going to be global too. I mean, you look at what happened over in Greece the other day, and I'm going to pull up the article here after I go to this Ron Paul clip. It was absolutely astonishing. They're like, "Well, they passed another round of austerity measures even though they were having riots out in front of the capital and and there were fights inside the capital, fist fights inside the capital. They still passed it. Why? Because they got to." They they just got to and, and and you got quotes from people in there the citizens going we are so sick of them saying it's the last time so get ready America because this stuff's coming here and they're gonna keep telling you the same damn thing oh this is the last time oh this is we need to do this because no 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 the system guys the system is what's flawed now I understand that you like your football and I understand that you like your cable TV I love it dude I I love it all. I love American culture, even though we don't really have a culture. I mean, it's fun. America is fun. Let's face it. If you got a little bit of money, America is a fun place. You got some freedom, you know, unless unless you go to the airport and then it's you know, good night and welcome to Slavery Incorporated. But I'm going to wait and see if this picks up. I apologize to the listening audience. I'm having some technical difficulties here. So if it drops off again, all right, we should be in good shape. But anyway, so I'm going to play the Rowan Paul clip, and then that will give me time to pull up the, the Greek stuff. And But guys, just realize that the longer you prolong this economic stuff with all these stimulus and QE3s and Operation Twist and Operation Garbage and Operation, you know, and screw your grandchildren, basically. You know, let's print more money so that we can put our grandchildren and our grandchildren's grandchildren onto the, onto this debt while we live out the rest of our lives, and then just say, well, I guess they'll deal with it. And that's what's happened. Oh, okay. Well, you know, we'll just keep pushing this. It's basically a, a, a eight thousand pound snowball up this hill, and we're just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it, and eventually we're going to get to the crest. And then it's going to go down the other side, and it's going to swell up so big. And then guess who's at the bottom? Are the next generation and the generation behind that, and they get absolutely smashed by this big, stupid snowball that we've created due to globalism, due to outsourcing, NAFTA, GATT, the whole nine, outsourcing of jobs, outsourcing everything, everything outsourced, outsource, outsource, save money, save money, save money, make profit, make profit, make profit, and then it's over. It's unsustainable what we're doing. So we have to reverse it, and we can't reverse it in time because these things take time. It's not like we can just say, all right, we're, we're not making anything else in China. We're not buying anything else in China. Can't do that. Can't do it. We're going to make everything here. No, you got to have time to get the plants up and running. You have to have time to get the contracts in place. There's a lot of things that have to go on behind the scenes. 
Okay, now I remember why I don't run my shows on Saturday morning. It's always overloaded servers. So I'm going to go to the Ron Paul clip, everybody. Sorry this has been kind of a busted broadcast, but I think we're getting a lot of stuff accomplished here, and you get a lot of stuff where people need to understand what's going on. And it's not that I'm super smart, everybody. It's just that you know I wanted to understand what was going to happen. When I start hearing people tell me that my grandchildren and my grandchildren's grandchildren are going to be poor and they're never going to live in the, in the lifestyle that I live, that makes me mad. That should make you mad. Wait a minute. Why do they get screwed? You know, why do I get to go through this life and, and have all this, you know, have all these things that are so nice and, and then they're going to get hosed because of what we've done, because of our passiveness and, and just letting, letting bureaucrats and, and politicians run over us? No, it's time for all this to stop. It's time for you to to rediscover what it's like to be a human. And rediscover and being a human is not playing political damn football with your buddies. That's not it. It's not going, well, I, I believe that we should have limited government. Well, I believe that we should, you know, expand government. Well, I believe no 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 no. That uh, side issue. Let's fix the problem first and then we'll figure out how big this behemoth needs to be. But the problem can't be fixed with a bunch of political football, and they make it so mindless. They make you like four or five talking points so you guys can infight over one another instead of looking at the real issues that are troubling us. The real issues are the economy. We need to come together on that. I don't give a damn what side of the aisle you're on, and the economy is not this big thing. The economy is just a byproduct of finance and banking and, and, and the way you invest your money and the, and the way that you spend your money. It's not like some you know big you know octopus that wraps up the nation. That's not what it is. But you have to understand the concept behind it. You have to understand the concept behind the devaluation of currency. You have to understand the concept behind what printing money does. You have to understand what the concept behind what buying bad debt from a private bank does. You got to understand the concepts. You don't have to understand the whole thing, but if you get the concept, it's like wait a minute. This is bonkers. What do you guys want to do again? Didn't we didn't we try that like two years ago? Oh, so it didn't get better. Oh, but this will fix it? And, and, and how many times are we going to have to say, so this will fix it? So this will fix it? And eventually, I'll just get a tape recorder out, and every time Ben Bernanke gets out and, you know, and gets in front of a microphone, I'll just play, this will fix it, this will fix it, this will fix it, this will fix it. I promise you, this will fix it. No, it won't. The way the system's set up, it won't be fixed, Ben. You know that. You even said it in a, in a speech back in 2002 that I've posted on my website. That I'll post again. I'll post it on Facebook. I'll post it everywhere because you even talked about what you would do if gold started to rise, and you did it. Oh, we'll monetize securities. Wow, fantastic. Gee, I guess what I, I wonder what QE3 was. And you even said it in your speech. Well, we if, if this happens, we really don't know what's going to happen. We've never faced that. Well, guess what? You're facing it now, Ben, and it's time to panic. So, once again, putting in Barack Obama is not a big deal. Not to me, it's not. It doesn't matter who's at the helm of this ship. This ship's going to hit an iceberg. Whether it's two years from now, a year from now, six months from now, foregone conclusion, everybody. Top economists have talked about it. I've been talking about it for almost a year and a half. Because all you got to do is pay attention. All you got to do is pay attention, understand how fractional reserve banking is, and it's, it's a wrap. 
Because it's not that difficult. You can't deficit spend your way out of debt. You can't keep going in debt to China and the bankers. Can't do it. It's unsustainable. I mean, think about that. I mean, think about it in your own daily life. If if you <clears throat> borrowed, I can't remember what the exact number is now, but I think it's like roughly 40 cents of every dollar that you spent, you're never going to catch up. That's like I'm going to put $6 I'm going to pay $6 of cash and then put $4 on this credit card and my income is set. I have a fixed income. You think that's going to last very long? The compounding interest is going to slaughter you. It is going to slaughter you probably within 2 years. Now think of that on a grander scale and that's what we do. The Fed goes out with their credit card. Actually the government has their credit card which the Fed gave them. They say, "Hey, we want to expand FEMA. Go ahead swipe the card. Swipe. Sweet." Now you owe us that amount of money plus the interest. Fantastic. And here is what will get you really, really excited. I told a lot of my friends that right after the hurricane happened, and I'm going to go to the Ron Paul clip after this because I've been threatening to go to it for a couple minutes now, but just getting on such a tirade about what's going on with our society and how people just really need to pay attention. They talked about, well, Mitt Romney wants to get away, get done with FEMA. Good. Good. Get done with it. Look at what it did in Katrina. Are you serious? And then I told him, I said, look, you know, after this hurricane hits, it's going to be a freaking joke. It's going to be – I'm like, I would be all for FEMA if they had organization, if they had well-managed funds, if they, if they knew what they were doing. I mean, come on, man. Come on, a a bunch of bureaucrats, they're going to save you? Get a life. Really? So what happens, Jake? I tell tell everybody that I know, I'm like, you watch, FEMA's going to come in there and just F everything up. It's going to be just a cluster you-know-what. Keystone cops everywhere. Yeah, what do they do? FEMA shuts down due to inclement weather. Literally, go look it up. Go to Google and say, picture of FEMA office shutting down during the hurricane, during the Nor'easter. Oh, oh, the Federal Emergency Management Agency? Oh, we are shut down due to inclement weather. What? Isn't that the biggest oxymoron you've ever heard? But that's the way it works, people. All they can do is take money and mismanage it. That's all they can do. You leave it up to a bunch of private companies, they would have gone in there and just, you know, I'm not going to say that, you know, private corporations are going to do this thing great, but at least they'll have some semblance of coordination. They'll have some skin in the game. FEMA already gets their money. It doesn't matter if they do a great job or not. They don't care. Once you people realize that the government doesn't care about you, they don't care about you, they want your tax money. They want you to be in the system. They want you to be part of this medical tyranny where they where they make you sick and then you know ship you off to big pharma and the big pharma treats your you know treats all your illnesses. They like having you in the system. It's great for them. You know, once again, guys, think about this in such a large scale, and and that's where we got to get. We got to get outside this box. We got to get outside the the me 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 box. That's where. I would say 70% of Americans are. It's the me, me, me show. Well, what is it doing to me? Well, that doesn't bother me. Well, that doesn't mean anything to me. 60% of the people didn't even prepare for the hurricane. 60%? What do you guys think is going to happen? You ever been in a hurricane? 
It's the worst. It's like I tell people. I've been through two hurricanes down in Florida. It's the worst storm you could ever imagine for about eight hours, maybe ten. And depending on how slow moving it was, one of them that I was in was like 12 hours of the worst storm I've ever seen in my life. 80-mile-an-hour winds, 120-mile-an-hour gusts, rain coming sideways, curtains for eight hours. Dark as night, and it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's just it's, – it's, it's a byproduct of our society. The fact that we always look to television for the answer, we always look to the news people for the answers, we always look to somebody else. Somebody else is going to do it. And the generation behind me, guys, wow, look out. It's like TJ used to talk about in his generation. I mean, they're just, holy, they got no clue. Shoot. Man, it's scary stuff, man. It is scary stuff. Because the people will listen to the people in suits because... They're the authorities. No matter how many times myself and, and, and friends of mine and, and other people like me will get out there and say, no, 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 they're the problem. They'll look at you and go, shut up. These people know what they're doing because they've got a suit on and they're an elected official and, 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 and you know they're, they're part of the bureaucracy. They know best. They do. Look at them. I mean they, they got a nice smile. They could talk. They can give a speech. They obviously know what they're doing. And it's just really sad. It's really sad to see the reflection of our Congress and the reflection of our government. It completely reflects the masses. Now, like I said at the beginning of the show, it completely reflects the masses. You want you guys want to be corrupt and and not care and and just be willy nilly and 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 not give a flying rip about what laws are getting passed? <laughs> okay. Okay, they can deal with that. Oh my god, these guys aren't paying attention? Let's just say we can secretly arrest them and kill them. Let's see what they say to that. Oh my god, nobody said anything. What do you want to do now? I don't know, taser bracelets? Let's put taser bracelets on planes. That sounds like a good idea because then everybody will be safe. It's like the overwhelming nanny state and, and people that grovel to government thinking that government is going to save them. Who has, who has been the beneficiary – or not the beneficiary. Who has been – the biggest savior to people up there in the Northeast. I'll give you one clue. It ain't the government. It ain't FEMA. It's churches. It's people that were prepped. It's people. I mean, people that people that understood that. Hey, this is going to be pretty bad. I need to stock up. And churches that said, Hey, we need to stock up on food because guess what? A lot of these people aren't preparing, and they're just you know walking around like a bunch of like we said jellyfish. So they're just kind of you know blopping around. I I, equ I equate them. For any of you, and this is going to you know, expose my nerddom here, but for any of you that ever played The Legend of Zelda when you were growing up in the 80s, and I just dated myself, yes, but any of you that ever played that, they had this, um, they had this castle that was full of a bunch of blobs, and all they would do is just move one square at a time, and you could run right past them. And that's exactly what our public is turning into because they don't want to be informed because being informed would mean that you have to get engaged because when you look at what's going on, you can't like it. I don't care who you are. You can't like it. But Ignorance is not a shield, everybody. Ignorance is a, is a death sentence. Especially when you're talking about times where we're living into today where you're going to buy into all these narratives that, that al-Qaeda is going to get us and, 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 the, and the radical jihadis are going to come over here. When is the last time a radical jihadi ever attacked the United States? 
11 years ago. And, and, and it's because of the TSA, let me guess, it's because of the TSA that we've never been attacked. No, guys, no. It's, it's human psychology. It's mass mind control psychology. You have to get the public in fear because, I mean, that's psychology 101. It's how people used to control tribes back in primitive days. It's like, oh, this other tribe is going to come over and kill us, so we better go over and kill the other tribe. And everybody thought that was a great idea, even though that other tribe probably didn't want to kill you. They might have wanted to trade with you. It's exactly what happened here in America when, we, when they first settled America. They got conquered. The Indians are here just hanging out. Oh, look at these guys. What what are they doing? Oh, they got swords and and, and battle axes and what the heck? Oh, they're going to come and take our women and, and kill us? Oh, we better fight back. And then they're the and then the Indians were the ones that are like, "Oh, well, you guys should have just let us have this land." Huh? Weren't we were we here sitting 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 here having our own lives? What happened? Oh, well, we'll fix that. We'll give you we'll give you a little portion. We'll give you like little carve outs, but we're going to take all this. Yeah, we're the British Empire. We're taking all this. So there you go. Uh, history lesson for the morning. So here is the Ron Paul clip, and then I'll be back on the other side to kind of break down what he says. And forgive me, but I spliced out a lot of the uh, the questions, but you should be able to derive what the questions were due to his answers. So um, here's the clip from Ron Paul. Enjoy. Well, it's, it's been a lot of fun and tedious and, of course, at times frustrating but uh, what really uh, gets me going or keeps me going is what everybody knows is that I have identified with a lot of young people, as you have, you know, going to the campuses, and that's why I've never dwelled on D.C. D.C. is important, but D.C. is a reflection of what the gen next generation is going to be thinking about and realizing. So that's where I'm optimistic. Uh, Washington's as big as mess as ever. But there's, there's reason to believe that uh, all the freedom organizations, your radio show, we're all making some progress and more in the last five years than we did probably in the previous 20 years. Well, yes, the subject comes up because the, the, the big talk now is a fiscal cliff. And uh, in many ways, uh, I work on the assumption that we've sort of gone off the cliff. Uh, nobody realizes because we haven't hit the bottom and we don't know what the ramifications are. Uh, but in the in the election, what I was thinking about at that time was that one of the things that Obama was able to do was play on fear, fear of those people, you know, in the Rust Belt uh, who are used to artificially high wages and jobs and bailouts, and he played on that. So in, in many ways it was those individuals in Ohio and Michigan and Wisconsin are saying, hey, you protect me, take care of me, make sure my checks are coming. And I said it's not a whole lot different than the way they line up on the streets in Greece. You know, don't cut anything, and the people who are on the dole want it. So in that way, that side of the argument won. Uh, the, but I'm not as, as down on what happened in the election because 12 million decided not to bother, which isn't all that bad, you know, because they decided they looked at Romney and they, and they looked at Obama says it's not worth the effort, and they know the whole system is rigged against us if we try a third party, so they just said the heck with it. And uh, But I think those are our supporters. I mean, I think those are people who probably listen to you and uh, pay attention to me, but, but they, they know that, uh, you know, the current system isn't working. But I think we're the majority. There's no doubt in my mind, if you take the people who uh, have 
dropped out a while ago or dropping out now and not enthusiastic, wouldn't vote for either of them, I think they're listening more to what we're saying. Now, people are hunkering down, and they, they realize this. And uh, the big question, the big job we had is uh, uh, when the major crisis hits, the really big one, is, uh, you know, there will be a revamping. There's always a, a restoration of a currency that people can at least trust for a while or are told to trust it, and they have to have uh, restored confidence in a, a government. And right now, though, the contest is between us who would like very limited uh, federal government and a lot of self-government uh, versus those who want to march onward. Not to – see, I don't, I don't usually use the word carelessly, but onto uh, a form of – you know, just socialism, but it's a form of socialism that's called fascism, and that's what why I dread the combination of big government and big corporations. And when you look at that, whether it's medical care or the media or the military, the uh, the uh, Goldman Sachs and the banking industry, that that's uh, that's who's uh, been in charge, and they're going to hang on tenaciously. So our challenge is uh, is very great, but our numbers are growing by leaps and bounds, and people. Because of the crisis, they're looking elsewhere because they know that uh, these economic policy of Keynesian uh, and the inflation of the Fed, uh, they're, they're not uh, you know, confident that they can do it again. So there you go. So he broke down a couple of different things in there, and um, you know he talks about how, yeah, we're, we're headed towards fascism. And we're going to get there, guys. Don't worry. We'll be like um, we'll be like Soviet Russia. I'm sure we'll have our um, our secret police and stuff. And um, you know, even though that the army has released documents that we got, um, you know, the concentration camps ready. And even though the the weather underground or the weathermen or whatever the heck they're called was busted 20 years ago, you know, talking about how they were going to. Take uh, we're gonna take over the country. We're gonna take 20 million Americans and we're gonna put them into. Oh, I think it was 30 million. Excuse me. We're gonna take 30 million Americans and we're gonna put them into. Um, we're gonna put them into concentration camps. And we're probably gonna kill about 20 million of them. So that's what we're facing, everybody. And I don't mean to say that it's happening right now. It's gonna happen, you know, five minutes from now. But just be aware that that's in essence what always happens in. Fascism slash communism slash socialism. Anytime where you have big government getting in control, it's just like Ron Paul said that you know the banks are going to fight to keep their hand in the cookie jar. You know they're not going to go quietly into that good night. We are going to have to make a a once again the great awakening has to happen at the grassroots level. And once the great awakening happens, once this once we get past all this fractional reserve banking and bipartisanship and all this crap, once we get past all that and just discover our humanity again, I think the awakening is happening. And I think it's happening slowly, but um, I think you're going to see it gain momentum. And you're going to see you're going to see people start to pay attention that never did. You know, you're going to see people that have enjoyed the luxuries of um, of cheap money and free money. They're going to start to pay attention because they're going to start to see their money go away, and they're not going to see it go away per se. They're going to start to see it get devalued, just like what happened over in Greece, just like what happened over in Spain. And then we're going to go from you know whatever the unemployment numbers are, whatever the fudged numbers are, you know nine percent or whatever, 
And that doesn't include the people that have been out of work for 18 months that just quit looking for jobs and stuff like that. So I would say conservatively, we're probably somewhere around, you know, the 13, 14 percent. And that's a really conservative number. But once you start to see that escalate, once you start to see that escalate and you start to see the Fed printing more money, you start to see, you know, people asking for the government to do more. The thing that scares me the most is these people on fixed incomes with your EBT cards and you know, the majority of you that are on welfare food stamps, I would say um, you probably do look for work. You probably do. But then here's what happens. Let's say that you've got three or four kids, okay? You're probably, um, I would say, conservatively getting about $600 a month in uh, in food stamps. Now... That's a pretty decent chunk of change. If you go work at you know Walmart for eight bucks an hour and you work forty hours a week, that's two weeks worth of work just for your food ration. Now you got the other two weeks to um, you know to to make up the the rest of it, whatever your rent is, you know, um, you know, paying your utilities, those types of things. But if you have the government pay for the $600 and you get other sorts of welfare handouts, then it almost becomes a moot point to work. And I think that that's where we're at is that the system has become bloated, and once once the bloating uh, starts to expand, we're going we're gonna to become obese. And, and the people that are on the handouts, you know, whatever it may be, the the Forty one percent or forty seven percent, I can't even remember the numbers. But it's a ton of people. And once they start expanding or once the the dollar starts getting devalued and they can't buy all the things that they can buy, it's gonna get really nasty. Because they're gonna look because the government's always saved them, the government's always helped them, the government has always been there for them. So what happens when the tax revenue is not there for them to to get the money back? Well they're gonna get kind of pissed. Hey, what do you mean I can't? What do you mean I can't feed my family? And that's that's the human side of things, guys. And and you conservatives can say, well, they need to get two jobs, they need to get three jobs. Shut up. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of that argument. They're not lazy. They just understand that the system doesn't it doesn't work out monetarily. I mean, what what the heck would you do? Don't sit there and tell me and grandstand to me with your $80,000 a year job or whatever and sit there and tell me, well, if I was in that situation, I'd work three jobs. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You would take the path of least resistance. You would look at the numbers. If you're a smart human, you would look at the numbers and say, oh, my God, I can make 20% more by being on the government dole, and and I can you know still have some free time to go do stuff, and I might be able to do odds and ends jobs and make some money. And and that I mean, why 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 would you work sixty hours a week to make less money? And that's the point that they're at. You know, you have four or five kids. That's a lot of money coming in. It is. It just really is. So here's the problem: we have a bunch of people that have figured out the system. The system has spoiled them, and now they have taken advantage of the system to an extent where they believe that the system's always going to be there. Just like when I talk to people that are like. Oh, well, it'll never happen here. This is America. What planet are you on? And and it's this blind patriotism and this blind faith that everything's going to be okay that has led us to the point where we're at. 
because now now it's all about political football now it's all about you know now it's all about um holding stuff over our heads oh we're going to raise the debt ceiling oh i don't know if we're going to do it i don't know if we're going to do it i don't know if we're going to do it of course you're going to do it you guys are going to keep pushing that freaking snowball up the hill as long as you can why because because you can because the system is going to let you and the, and and the population is going to let you the population is going to let you guys string us along and completely crush us not going to crush you guys not going to crush you in your $1000 suits and your you know and and your cush jobs and your and your and your and your payoffs and your and your bribes and stuff like that and your lobbyists is not going to crush you guys you guys are at the top i've made it yeah made it you sold out the rest of your country so you guys can make a buck. There's some people that are good in Congress, and gosh, I hope we got a couple more coming in, but it doesn't look good. It does not look good, and I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I'm just being realistic, and we have to understand the difference between the two because it's like, oh, Jake, you're being a fear monger talking about global collapse. No, I'm not. I'm being realistic. I'm not being pessimistic. It's real. It's numbers. It's stuff you can calculate. It's measurable. It's not like I'm pulling this stuff out of thin air. It's not like I'm saying Sasquatch just came into my living room. I mean, it, this is real. But like I said, it, it, you're at a point where the system is so bloated that you can't you can't just tell people, oh, you're you're off of food stamps, you're done. Well, oh, okay, austerity, you're just going to kill them. That's great. Can't do that. So what do we have to do? We have to ride this stupid wave, and it's going to suck, everybody. I will let you know ahead of time it's going to suck. If you like your power prices tripling because Barack Obama is going to shut down more coal power plants because he doesn't believe in them, because his insider buddies are part of this you know, green energy, which is a scam. And everybody out there that's probably listening and, and heard that was like, oh my god, what you what do you mean green energy is a scam? It is a scam, guys, because it hasn't been proven. That there's no way to make it work yet. So it's a scam. Throwing more money at it doesn't make it better. You have to develop the technology first, and then you fund it. You don't do it in reverse order. I mean you give a little bit of funds to it. You don't give Solyndra $100 million of our tax money, and then they go belly up after six months. And then you say, oh, whoops. Whoops. Sorry, guys. That's our money. How do you guys not get pissed about that? That is our money. And then you know what they're going to say? Well, we need to raise taxes, and uh, yeah, we're going to have to raise taxes because, uh, you know, uh, deficit's getting out of control. How, how, much, how much do one of those – F-22 fighters cost. How much do one of those things cost? How many of those things do we got? Oh, no, Jake, we have to have a strong – we have to have a strong military. No, we don't. We have to have a strong defense. Who in the hell is going to attack us? Who is going to attack the United States? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. You might get like some little pocket of, or, or some you know, extremist cell that might attack us and, and, and get 30 or 40 people. Oh, well. More people die every second of of you know heart disease and cancer than thirty people. And you have to eventually realize, people, that there is some inherent risk in living, and the government is not here to protect you. No matter how many damn cameras they put up, no matter how how great their spy grid is, no matter how big the NSA base is, 
no matter how much data they crunch and, and data mine on you, I mean, it, it's not going to keep you safe. Taser bracelets on the plane ain't going to keep you safe. It's not. Why don't you just turn us into cows? We'll just we'll just you know sit in a big field around this huge fence, and the government will come in and dump food off to us and water and give us a big tent to live in, and then everybody will be happy. And we'll get our everybody gets a taser bracelet, and then if we act up, we get tased. It'll be awesome. You have to realize there is or there is some inherent risk in living. You have to realize that the system is fractured, and you have to realize that it's up to you, it's up to me, it's up to everybody to do something about it. It is not sit back and let somebody else fix it time. That's where we've been for the last 20 years. Ah, oh, somebody else will do it. Oh, we'll get rid of Bush, and he'll do better. Oh, we'll get rid of Clinton, and he'll do something. Oh, we'll get rid of, you know, we'll get rid of George Bush Jr., and he'll do something. And then in four years, it's going to be like, oh, we'll get rid you know, Obama's gone, so we'll be able to... Now we'll really be able to do something. Come on, man. Look at the policies. Look at where this country has gone in the past 15, 20 years. It's the same path. It doesn't matter who's the chairman of the board. The board makes the decision, and the board – let me tell you this. The board, you can't see the board. Council on Foreign Relations, all those guys with their big stratagems about how they're going to do this stuff and how they're going to bring in their world government and how they're going to implode everything. And then they're going to pose as the saviors and, and bring in the SDR, and then we'll have fractional reserve banking for all, and it'll be this wonderland utopia with a bunch of technocrat, bureaucratic idiots running the whole show, making billions of dollars while we all live in little 8 by 8 cells. So stupid, but if you guys want it, you're going to get it. If that's what you want, if you want your handouts from the world government and you want your secret police and stuff, good. You're going to get it. And it's not going to be tomorrow. I get so sick of hearing people get all you know, hyperventilating about, oh, well, we're going to get shipped off to the FEMA camps. No, we're not, guys. We're not going to do that. Not until political unrest happens or civil unrest, and then, and, and then it's a free-for-all. Who knows what they're going to do? Who knows? But you can't sit here and fearmonger everybody and think that that's going to wake people up. No, it's going to it's going to make people shut down. They're going to be like, "Oh my god, it's that bad? Oh, I'm done." You have to give them the, the you have to understand that there's still time to do stuff. There's still time if we wake up. There's still time if we get involved. There's still time if we get, you know, educated about what's going on. There's still time. I'm not saying we're going to avoid the avert the crisis totally. Because that's impossible mathematically now because of where we are you know, financially as a nation. But the longer you push that stupid ball up the hill, the bigger the snowball gets. And the, and the harder that hammer is going to happen at the end, man. Dollar devaluation, all that stuff. Hyperinflation, here we go. Weimar Republic. My dad and I were talking about that the other day. He goes – he goes, man, we're going to be like – we're going to be like Nazi Germany if we keep printing money. Yeah. So people are starting to realize it. But then you have people like – I have a buddy of mine at work that um, he was out at a bar the other night, and he told me he came in the next day to work. He goes, oh, my God, you're never going to believe what happened. I'm like, okay, lay it on me. It's like I'm at the bar, and I'm having a conversation with this this girl. And something about the debt ceiling comes up, and she goes, I don't understand why we're in debt. Can't we just print money? And I looked at my friend, and I said, that's what we're dealing with. Those are the people that we're dealing with. It is your duty 
as a citizen of this country that we are all inhabiting to understand how this works. And it doesn't take long. I could probably teach everybody in, in, in a giant auditorium in less than two hours how this works, how fractional reserve banking works, how interest works. Not hard. Just understand the basic concepts and then look at look at what look look at what happens and then it's like, oh my God, holy crap, what are we doing? We're gonna print money and then put you know and then put interest on top of that and then we're gonna give money to the big banks and they're gonna hang on to it and buy T bills and get guaranteed two percent interest and they're just gonna hang on to the money. Oh well, why don't they put the money in the circulation? Because if they put the money in the circulation, then you have hyperinflation. So it's a double edged sword, so you're screwed. And then once it starts getting worse and worse and worse, remember that I'm telling you guys this and send this to people so they get it. Because this is what's going to happen. These goobers that have done this stuff in, in, in hundreds of other countries, we have, you know, history shows us that this is what happens. Empires run out of money. They run out. What do they do? Oh, we'll start printing money. And then what happens? Oh, you have financial collapse, and you have somebody that comes in and poses as a savior, says he's going to bring in socialism, says he's going to bring in communism, everything's going to be great, and it's all going to be for the collective. We're going to rally the troops. And then you run into wars, domestic disputes, domestic violence, and eventually, sometimes, genocide. So if that's what you want... Mao did it, Stalin did it, Hitler did it, but you know, it can't happen here, Jake. This is America. Pull your heads out of the sand, guys. This ain't America anymore. This is no no no. No. This is banker occupied United States. This is fascism USA, son. And if you don't think it is, good lord, you tried to you try to pass some legislation or you try to ask the Fed who they gave all that bailout money to. What does Ben Bernanke tell you? <laughs> Can we see who got the bailout? No. Remember, we're a private agency that is not regulated by the government, and we don't really care. I played the clips here online. Alan Greenspan, well, I really don't care who the president is. The president has no oversight over this agency. You're not an agency, dude. You guys are an agency. You're like a bail bondsman. You're just holding our country hostage. And, and and people that talk like me are considered, ooh, we could be domestic terrorists. Dude, there is not a violent bone in my body. Not even close. I'm trying to get people to pay attention to the robbery that's happening right in front of your face, along with your civil liberties being taken, along with everything. Just all of it. Taser bracelets, really? They announced taser bracelets? And then InfoWars did a, a poll of 2,000 Americans, and like 38% said they would wear a taser bracelet? Yeah, not happening. It's bad enough I either got to go through the microwave or the rape fest at the, at the airport in order to get on a dang plane. Remember the TSA was coming in to replace private security that supposedly effed up, and then TSA has – you know, even if you look at it this way, even if you, you, you think that the underwear bomber was real and the government didn't get him on the plane, which you know, there, there's, been, there's been countless reports and incredible ones of, of attorneys saying that they saw the sharp-dressed man get the guy on the plane with no passport, and then tries to light a firecracker in his pants. I mean, go look it up. 
He, I, I think he ran for Congress, and his name just completely slips my mind right now. But that's what we're dealing with. You know, the only the only terrorists that, that get stopped by the FBI are typically the ones that the FBI goes in, funds them, trains them how to use the bomb, sets them up, and then it's like, oh, look what we did. We busted them. What? And the American public's like, we got another one of them accountable out there. you trying to get us. Guys, I understand. I understand the tribalism behind it, and it's sad. I understand that it's 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 you know you're scared of the Muslims because they've been killing each other for two thousand years. You're scared of them because you think that all of them think that we're infidels and they got to wipe us off the planet. Because that's you know you either convert them, you kill them, or whatever the other third option was. I can't even remember. I know it's fun. Oh my God, it's fun to be scared of the Muslims. Oh, he's got a he's got a towel on his head. He's scary. He doesn't look like me. It's the same stuff. Get over the psychological mumbo jumbo. They're humans. Just because you just because they practice a different religion than you means that they're going to kill you. Come on, man. You got people that practice the same religion as you, Christians. You got people that are you know diehard Christians that'll go out and rape kids. Come on, man. You've got you've got you know preachers in in the in the Catholic regime that have been caught numerous times molesting kids. But that's okay because oh they're white and that's okay. Oh that's Al Qaeda. He's brown. He scares me. So get over the fact. Get over all this stuff. Go back to being humans and get together as humans and say what can we do to fix this? Stop the political infighting. All right, so that was my evidently one-hour show, which turned into a rant all day. But hey, we've got to start paying attention to this stuff. You know, here, here is my last thought for the day. The GMO legislation got shot down in California, which is a complete fraud, I think. Complete fraud. No way. I know Californians. My brother lives out in California. I've been out there multiple times over the past 20 years. I've probably been there, I would say, 100 times. I know the culture out there. They are some of the most healthy, most politically aware people, even though I don't like their left-leaning socialist views out there for the most part. But they are some of – dude, they're some of the smartest people out there, and they know that GMOs are bad, and they want them labeled, and they got you know, f- you know, f- fresh food stands that are getting raided, you know, organic food stands that are getting raided. And then all of a sudden, magically, Monsanto and all these other organizations pump in millions of dollars – to show you two pieces of pizza and says, what's wrong with this? Which one? Which one's organic and which one's not? Does it matter? It really doesn't. Yes, it does. Stuff's been proven to sterilize you. GMOs have been proven to harm you. It's like that's like the doctors back in the you know whatever it was the 60s or the 50s. I can't remember. They're like, oh, cigarettes don't give you cancer. What are you talking about? No. Oh, you know what? Yeah, we were wrong. They do. I'm sorry. You know, GMOs don't sterilize you. They don't give you tumors. Oh, you know what? Even though multiple studies have come out that they do, we're still going to say that they don't and they're safe just because the FDA says so. So, I mean, who who are you going to believe, guys? Who are you going to believe? Big government and big pharma that have billions and billions of dollars tied up into this? Are you going to believe scientists that are all coming out and saying, hey, this stuff's really, really nasty? And we got to try to get it out of the food supply. And then they turn around and say, well, it's because we're trying to keep food cheap. Okay, that's that's fair. You're trying to keep food cheap, but there's got to be a better way to do it. 
And I understand you can keep it fresh and stuff for longer, but just don't haphazardly say that everything's safe and then people are getting tumors and stuff from this stuff. And then you have tests and lab rats over a year's time that they like – I can't remember what it was. It was like four times as likely to develop tumors, and the tumors are so freaking big that the rats can't even move around. But then, oh, no, well, that's not how it affects humans. Dude, you're eating pesticide. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm eating – I'm eating basically Roundup. That's on on the bottle. It says do not ingest, but yo, it's okay if you eat it from a soybean. That's fine because it doesn't permeate into the into the into the soil. Oh wait, yeah, it does because we spray all the crops with Roundup. Spray it right on. Gets into the soil, gets into the bean. You eat it, great, yummy, yummy, yummy. So. A couple of different things that we needed to get out on the table. So I, I appreciate everybody for listening, tuning in. Tune in next week. Watch for the ticker. It'll probably be a Thursday night show. I kind of like that night. It gives me a little extra time to get my research in and be a little bit more prepared. Saturday mornings, obviously, running into some challenges with the technical side of things. So once again, everybody, thanks for tuning in today. Get this broadcast out to everybody you know. We need to get a lot of people involved in this because you know this is a fight for liberty. This is a fight for humanity. This is this is the fight. It's a political fight, and it's an intellectual fight, and we got to win the intellectual battle. So once again, get a friend, get informed, get involved, and love liberty, everybody. See you next time. Yeah.